Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. And a very exciting show. Happy to be joined in studio uh, by Bobby Moorhead, former Montana Grizzly, and by Coulter Nuanas, who is in Boise, Idaho. Coulter, have we got you all connected in here? How are you, buddy? I hope so. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. We're rocking and rolling, man. It's great to have you in here. And, Bobby, thank you for being here. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again, guys. Well, we're certainly happy to have you here and to get your kind of perspective on all this stuff. And Coulter, first of all, give us a quick update. We got the women's tournament going on right now. Who is it? Sacramento State and who is playing Sacramento right now? Sacramento State, Northern Colorado. And if you don't know about Alicia Davis, learn the name because she is absolutely going to be one of the best players in the league. She's a true freshman from Northern Colorado. You boys ready for this stat line? She's 10, she's 10 of 10 from the floor, 10 of 12 from the free throw line, 30 points, 11 rebounds. True freshman. Wow. I mean, that's some two-tell numbers right there. That's outstanding. I mean, this Great is work. like all-time record, though, right? I don't know if anybody's made 10 consecutive field goals in this tournament. Right. Yeah, I mean, that. you're right. That's a good – you've got to do a little research on that. I, I, I will, and right at, at the end of this game, we will find out and get it locked down. But uh, Northern Colorado fully in control up 72-55 in the, uh, the first game of this. The most consequential thing for our listeners right now is the winner of this game plays Montana State, and coaches kind of do this in a different sort of fashion. Some coaches want their players to be there and check out the scout, and others don't. But the Montana State team, full force. They're all here, and they stayed from from the beginning until the end. So uh, they got a good look at the team they're going to play tomorrow at around 2.30. Well, very good, uh, Coulter, and I know that as soon as this game's over, you're going to run in and uh, do the presser real quick and come back with us, so we'll track that as it happens. But 
We got somebody who knows a little something about the tournament in the studio here with us. And, Bobby, uh, appreciate it again you coming down here. And let's talk about what it's like to be, you know, in this tournament. And the shift, first of all, is what I want to know. From the regular season to the postseason, we know the Grizz dropped their last two at home. I know that's disappointing, especially for those three seniors. And yet... No matter where you finish, it's all about this week in Boise, Idaho. And so what was it like for you the last couple of years to go, okay, the regular season is done. We go now to the conference tournament. Let's lock and load. What was the shift in mindset like that? It's just a total, total mental shift. You just have to be be ready. I mean, it's a grind. you got to play three games in a row, which you don't do. Unless you play in a tournament early on, which we did last year in the Bahamas. Uh, you know, playing three games in a row is tough on your body when you're playing, you know, a guy who's playing 30 minutes a game. Uh it takes you out. I mean, it's really right. exhausting. So, uh, you know, while we're there, guys are getting massages at night. Uh, you know, coaches are making sure we're in bed early. Like, you really have to recover quick because college basketball is a physical game. Like, I mean, it's a it's a grind on your body, uh, first of all. But it's also just so fun. Like, uh, you know, adrenaline kicks in and, and you know, lose and you're out is it's kind of fun. Right? It's exhilarating. Um, so, so that aspect of it is a lot of fun. So you, your body recovers uh, come game time for sure, but you're hurting in the middle. Bobby, I know that we you played your entire career with neutral site tournaments, but you played with guys that had been previously hosted even the year before you got to Montana. Two part question: What do you what do those guys say was maybe the differences between playing in Missoula in the Big Sky tournament and then the first couple of years when you guys are playing in Reno? And just overall, what do you think of playing in neutral site tournaments? Yeah, um, I would say I'm not a fan of the neutral sites. In general, right? I, I think Boise was a, a really big upgrade from Reno. Um, but from the stories I heard from guys from the year before I got there, uh, there's nothing like hosting, right? Especially, you know, we feel like we, like, in a sense, there's really no advantage to winning the big sky other than the fact that you uh, bragging rights and hanging a banner, right? But at the end of the day, you, I mean, everybody is playing an away game, essentially. And so, you know, earning the right, you know, you, the best team throughout the season should have some sort of advantage, I feel like, throughout the conference tournament. And so having that advantage to host uh, would be huge. And so especially in Montana with the fans that we have in Montana would have been electric. You know, the games were sold out in Missoula the year before I got there because I just committed that week. So I was watching the games and that was just incredible. So that would have been awesome uh, in my opinion. But, you know, it is what it is. Boise was a lot better overall uh, of a tournament, and so, you know, it was fun to go win twice. What, what was it about Boise that was such an upgrade to you from Reno? I think it was just uh, a much closer venue to a lot of the schools, you know. I think there was more Montana fans there in general. Uh, I think the arena was a little smaller. I could be wrong, but it, it felt a little bit more intimate, which I think uh, brought the crowd into it a little bit more. Um, and so it was just, it seemed like there was a lot more energy Um in the arena and so overall and then i just like boise as a town better i think boise's a really cool uh clean got awesome food good coffee for a guy like me like yeah coffee. you gotta have the good roast yeah. yes absolutely so, so that was good um <laughs> so overall i just enjoyed boise for that aspect um but i do think that there needs to be some sort of advantage for winning the league other than the fact that you get a one seed which in the end doesn't mean anything besides uh, breaking rights and hanging a banner but everybody wants to go to the ncaa tournament and and I think as a conference, you should want your best team there. So I think you should want your best team to have some sort of advantage. Um, you know, I, I'd love to hear your guys' takes on that, but that's kind of how I feel. I just don't, you know, I don't necessarily agree with teams that, you know, were absolutely 
horrible throughout the year, even having a chance to win it, you know, I think it's it's cool. It'd be a cool story, but in the end, you don't want your conference necessarily embarrassed by you know that happening, right? Um, so that's kind of my perspective. Well, I'll tell you this: I've covered this tournament for a long time, both on uh, hosted sites, neutral sites, and the early in the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday. Opening games between the lowest seed of women's teams are usually really poorly attended. I'll tell you this: there's a lot more people here right now. It's not a crazy crowd by any means, but there's definitely a couple hundred people here, and that's a lot better than it usually is for this opening game. So I do think the move, just in terms of proximity, is great. I also think the fact that the Lady Grizz are better is going to help the attendance at the women's tournament because I, half the people I've seen around here are wearing Grizz shirts. There's all sorts of Lady Grizz people already here in town, so I think that'll help boost the attendance too. But, Bobby, I agree with what you say in terms of propping the best team up. I think it's one of the things that the Big Sky absolutely has to do a better job of. If you want to, I mean, everybody talks about can Montana become Gonzaga. Obviously, if you have football, it's not going to be apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. But I do think that you know the West Coast Conference has done a, such a good job of propping up Gonzaga, and that's what's taking them from Cinderella to nationally, nationally elite team that's probably going to get a one seed. But I, I've heard the argument on both sides. People say that you know the host sites, especially when it's Montana and the Lady Grizz hosting the tournament, it's such an advantage that it's an unfair advantage. I don't know what I think of that, but ironically on the men's side, the 40 years of the Big Sky Tournament before they went to neutral sites, the host team only won it 20 times. It was 50-50, host team winning it or not host team winning it. So it actually didn't give the host school that big of an advantage, whereas since they moved to a neutral site, the one seed has won it four years in a row. So it'll be interesting to see. And I, I actually think that this year is probably a better chance for the one seed to maybe not win it. I do think that there's probably four teams on the men's side that I think can win it. But I do th- I agree with you, Bobby, that you have to give the, the top team, the league champion, more of an advantage. Double than the buy. Big exactly. That's the answer, right? That's Just what give them a double buy. That's what I'm saying. I think that you need to give them a double buy or you need to make a way where right now, no matter if you're the one, two, three, or four, you're going to have to win three games in three days to win the tournament. That's not mm-hmm. an advantage. And so I wonder I, I wonder if they do explore what the West Coast Conference did and implement that double buy and implement a way to maybe play a team that's even lower in the standings than in the eight seed, was which, was, which is what your draw is in the first round. Right, and like, look at the Ivy League, for example. I think they have four, a four-team tournament, um, which I know up until two years ago, the winner of the regular season went to the tournament, but they changed it to four teams, right? The, the best four teams. So at least even, you know, if the four seed goes, it's still one of the best teams in your conference um, going, right? And so everybody can feel a little better about that. And those teams worked hard to get that advantage, right? It's it's a long season and you don't want to, you know, imagine if you went 20-0 and in the big sky, right, for example, and you lose in the first round. You know, two years ago, we very easily... Could have. We talked about this game. Northern Colorado, we probably should have lost in the semifinal game. Yep. Uh, things went our way. A lot of things went right for us. Um, and if we would have lost, right, we would have gone to the NIT and we would have felt really disappointed, right? And and not that, to saying that we absolutely deserve to go, but that was like a battle and it could have easily ended right there. So, you know, we went 16-2 and that year, 18-2, whatever it was, I don't remember. Um, and it would have just felt, you know, like all of those wins, all that, you know, work for the season to, to be at the top would have been for nothing. And and so that's kind of my perspective. Oh, and it, it happened the yeah. second year of Reno. Montana State's women went 16-2 and two in league. They were a 25-win team going into the tournament. They had one of the great teams in their school's history. Jasmine Hamas, Lindsey Stockton, Peyton Ferris, all these great all-league players. And 
they get beat on a half-court buzzer beater by Idaho State in the first round, and it's just over. And, it, it, I mean, it was an unbelievable amount of disappointment. It was almost like their entire body of work was off or not. It went away in two hours, and that's amazing that that can happen. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. It's Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Bobby Moorhead in studio. Colt Nuanas in Boise. This is the best situation I could imagine. I get to hear Coulter and look at you. I mean, come on. This is great for me. Uh, by the way, you need a car. Carl Tyler Chevrolet, the exclusive home of Carl Tyler's lifetime powertrain warranty. Bobby, let's, let's talk about a little bit now this team. I know that you've paid close attention. Obviously, you played with a ton of guys, Saeed and Timmy Falls and others on this team, but it's also a very young team, a bunch of freshmen on it. As you watch the progression of this team, I thought they outplayed expectations in a lot of ways early, but then they dropped the last two. It's kind of disappointing. How important is it in terms of the way you finish the regular season going into the tournament? Is it a lot, a little, or not at all? I'd say just a little. Um, yeah. So I have two perspectives on it. I think it's, it's awesome to go in hot, right? You feel good about yourself, but also you can feel too good about yourself when you're going in hot. And so I think that was that was kind of our worry two years ago. You know, we're like, man, we've been playing so well. Like early on in the year, you know, we were like seven and zero, and I was thinking, man, we, I don't know if it'd be fun to go in undefeated. And that was like very premature of me to think that. But I was thinking, man, that would not be fun to go in because there's a lot of pressure. Like guys, you know, other teams have nothing to lose playing against you, and also being at the top in general, they don't have anything to lose playing against you, right? They're not expected to win it. And so go, you know, go play out of character and, and, and go off. And so um, I think, yeah, I just kind of lost my train of thought there. No, no, uh, that, that makes sense. But if you lose a couple of games and all of a sudden maybe you can play maybe a little looser in a certain yeah, sense where you don't have that on you. Yeah, and just after losses, you know, I think sometimes guys are like, okay, you know, we got that out of our system. Like right. now we can get back to what we do. And so – you know, losing a game sometimes is the best thing for us. I think two years ago when we lost to Eastern, or, or it was Idaho on a tip-in, we're like, okay, you know, like, we can breathe a little bit. Like, now it's time to do what we're, we know we're supposed to do. So um, I think, yeah, two perspectives on it. I think I think they're okay, right? At the end of the day, you just have to win three in a row. That's uh, It doesn't matter if you're the bottom seed or the top seed, which I don't agree with, but it is what it is, and, and they just have to do it. So I don't think it, it hurts them or helps them. You know, when you talk about the pressure that you might have to play with when the tournament comes, I mean, part of the love of the tournament is that it's it, it, both this and the NCAA tournament is, is one and done deal, right? Like every game is is winner or, or that's it. So 
How do you go in, though, also with the ability to play loose and play confident and just go, we we love the fact that we're here. Like, it should be, in theory, right, the most fun basketball to play, yeah. but also it can be on the other side the most the most pressure filled the most sort of grinding basketball to play which isn't that fun how do you go about trying to go we don't care about any of that we're going to go roll teams and we're going to have a blast doing it at the biggest you know in march part of it is because we have the resume behind us right we we know that we can beat all these teams in our conference um so that gives us a confidence that maybe some other teams might not have um so that's kind of the angle you have to take when you're at, towards the top right i think uh hey we beat these guys before we have the blueprint to do it all we got to do is go do it um and there's and there's no added pressure. You know, we have Grizz fans here. We have the support that we need. Um, you know, we've won this tournament before. Grizz have done it many times before. So we have that on our side. You know, if you're on the bottom, vice versa, you have nothing to lose. Let's just go. Let's just go do it. And we've seen you know teams lose like Idaho a couple of years ago lost to Southern Utah and um, just Northern Colorado last last year. There's just some upsets that happen. And so um, I think it's all just about mindset. And I think uh, just knowing that you've done it before. Uh, definitely helps in, in getting ready for the tournament. The differences between the last couple of years of Grizz teams and this Grizz team, Stark, obviously the personnel is a lot different, but like you mentioned, your last two years, probably the biggest obstacle you guys had was overcoming gigantic expectations, right? Fulfilling gigantic expectations. Everybody knew you were the best team in the league. Everybody was going to give you their best shot, and you guys had to endure it, and you did, going to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. This Grizz team, to me, I mean, they played every single game of their conference season with the exception of the last one for first place. That's amazing considering what the Grizz lost. But in a lot of ways, they were playing over their heads, I think. I think that they weren't necessarily the top team in the league, among still, because Travis DeKear is such a good coach, and there's great players in the program still, and you have Saeed Pridgett, Kendall Manuel. But at the end of the day, this Grizz team might have been overachieving a little bit. And I think that the one thing we saw in Northern Arizona that then translated into the next four games was I think that Northern Arizona showed the blueprint how to beat the Grizz. You just bail when when you take a shot. Nobody crashes the offensive glass. Everybody gets back. You don't let the Grizz get out in transition. The Grizz were shooting 47% of the team going into that weekend so much because they could push the ball and outrun people. It's not as if they're a phenomenal shooting team. They're just a phenomenal team in transition. They're phenomenal at getting to the rim. Without being able to push the ball. Really long-winded question because then it goes away. So, you know, when you sit here and talk about the personnel and the ability to push the ball in general in terms of where he's going to go with this, the style of basketball that the Grizzlies are playing and having to play right now compared to what you did, where what do you think about what they've done this year? I mean, it's been phenomenal. Like I, I think I said last time I was on the show, uh, I didn't necessarily expect them to be towards the top. You know, I like I said, I've really good, you know, a lot of faith in Travis, Saeed, Kendall, Timmy, guys like that who are my teammates. Uh, I know that they know what to do, but it's hard when you have a bunch of new guys who haven't done this before. Right. Um, and so, in in my opinions, prior to the season, it was nothing against them. I just think it's not easy to to win the league, um, and then when you have such a new team, it's it's definitely not easy to win the for league. sure. So, um, for them, I thought for a while. I wouldn't say they were outplaying expectations per se. Like I don't, I think they are the top team in the league or one of the top two teams. You know, Northern Colorado looks really good to me. Yeah, they do. Um, and so I think they are towards the top of the league. And so I don't know what that says about the league overall. But um, you know, I'm I'm super happy for the guys. They've they've had a phenomenal year, and it doesn't. You know, in the end, it really doesn't matter. Everybody wants to go to the NCAA tournament. So right. for them to not win the league, you know, I don't think anybody's shocked necessarily um, or not shocked. You know, like uh, it's just 
it's about kind of what I expected, I yeah. would say. Towards yeah. the end of the year, I would have been kind of shocked if they won the league, but as the season went on, I wouldn't have been that shocked. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, if you said at the beginning of the year how they're going to win it again, you go, well, okay, really? And then, they, you know, they finished third, and and uh, and that maybe is about right. But you're right, the way this team played through the heart of this season was 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 really impressive. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter is heading over to the press conference, and uh, we will also try and get him uh, back uh, powered up here with the internet the power of the internet, you know, it's, it gets its own coronavirus from time to time. <laughs> That's the way that goes. Uh, we, we have known for quite a while how good a player Saeed Bridget is, but I don't think anybody, well, on the outside, that's what I want to ask you about, recognized, knew the type of leader that he would become, especially now when, you know, it's, it's his guys, it's his group in a lot of ways. What did you what did you think about Saeed Pridget, the sort of leader on and off the floor, and did you see that coming, what you knew of him in in the years that you played together? Absolutely, I saw it coming. I saw the way that he changed who he was and his game every single year. That's why he got most improved player, you know, three years in a row. On all three years he was a Grizz because he's, you know, one year he changed, you know, his, you know, whatever, post player, something, you know, defensively. Right. Next year he changed his attitude. And then this last year, you know, like he was – he felt like a, a fifth senior on the team last year for yeah. us. And so he was vocal, always, uh, you know, would, would always try and do the right things, which I think is important. You know, it's not always easy. to You can't be perfect out there. Um, but I think his his efforts, and the coaches would say the same thing, right? He, he gives the best effort and tries to do the right thing at all times, which is all you can really ask. Yeah. And so I had confidence that he was going to be able to lead these guys. Um, but it, it was a really difficult task. You have a lot of new guys, and he's done an incredible job. You know, he's well-spoken so and guys respect him on the court um he yeah he's just a phenomenal basketball player and then that's easy to follow and then you add in the fact that he's vocal doesn't let guys slack um, right gets on people in practice i think that uh really helps translate into being a good leader for him i always like to ask about what i consider to be sort of the ethereal parts of basketball the stuff that you can't just go oh well it's this many rebounds it's Mm -hmm. this many points and stuff one of the things that multiple opposing coaches have said about Said Bridget is his will. On one hand, I guess it's sort of obvious to know what something like will is, but but if it is obvious, not everybody's got it or has it in the same way. What what do, what to you is it to have the desire to to win in a way that is above your peers? Yeah, I mean that's definitely not something everybody has. I think Said has that right. You can see it. In the way he plays, it's hard to describe, but I, it starts off the court with his work ethic. The guy, you know, there's a reason he shoots 60% from the floor every year, right? Because he's in the gym constantly. He cares. He cares about basketball deeply, right, and so right. I think that translates onto the floor and why he gets so passionate about wanting to win. Um, you know, like a game last year at UC Irvine, we lost, and Saeed's like bawling in the, the locker room after, and like, you know, I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot, Saeed, so I apologize, but like, <laughs> right. that's cool, you know, because that he cares that much. Right. I think so his his deep affection for winning and basketball in general, you know, is why he works so hard and why he gets emotional after losses and um and gets hard on himself after losses and things like that. And so I think that's what translates into his will, why he plays so hard, um and something you you definitely can't teach. 
It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Bobby Moorhead in studio here. Colton Nuanas is in Boise. He is uh, busy in the press conference. The first game of this tournament now in the books, Northern Colorado's women eliminating Sacramento State. They will play Montana State tomorrow, the number one overall seed in the uh, women's bracket, going to take on Northern Colorado uh, tomorrow. So we will uh, hear from Coulter when he gets back from that press conference afterwards. But in the meantime, we'll continue with Bobby. Talk a little bit. We've talked a lot about Montana. We're going to talk a little bit about the league in general, uh, his experience playing against coaches who are going to be in this tournament again, specifically uh, those coaches in Greeley and Cheney. So we'll get to uh, all of that right after this. Hey, boys and girls, if you're looking for a place to go for the NC2A tournament, look no further than the Silver Slipper. The Silver Slipper is your NC2A basketball tournament headquarters with over 70 TVs to watch all the games on. Drink specials every single day. Tarantino's Pizzeria. You want to head to the Silver Slipper to watch. Make sure you go. Oh, and did we mention they're opening early for morning games that's right on thursday friday of the tournament you don't have to miss a thing you get down there you'll be down there from opening tip to the final buzzer all day long they also have the friendliest staff in town at the silver slipper it's all about great food tasty beverages and their urge to have a good time whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late night game of poker the silver slipper has what you're looking for visit the silver slipper lounge.com for more info stop by today to see why the silver slipper is one of montana's best kept secrets across the street from super walmart on Brooks. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. How to play against them. That's Bobby Moorhead in studio. It's 2 Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter is in Boise. He is gone now to uh, go to the press conference of the first game, which is in the books. The Northern Colorado women, again, eliminating Sacramento State. They will play Montana State tomorrow, so he will join us after that. Uh, and uh, he'll be on the phone. Our internet kind of did what the internet does from time to time went a little kaput so uh he will uh, he will join us on the phone as soon as he gets back from uh from that press conference but in the meantime bobby moorhead in studio former grizzly guard and uh now soon to be how about this is this okay yeah do it father and you just found out what you're having i mean a baby yes but which gender the child's going to be we are having a boy we did a little reveal yesterday with some friends and found out we're having a boy. Outstanding, so. man. Well, congratulations to you and your wife. The first of the next generation. I mean, yep. look, we love them all the same, but there's something right about the first one where you go, oh, man, here we go. Absolutely. Let the roller coaster begin. We're pumped. Absolutely. So well, good for you, man. That's, that's fantastic. Very exciting news. And uh, I assume Ryan will be the name chosen. Yeah. We're... What? what? <laughs> Well, okay, okay, I shouldn't laugh like that, but I do laugh because my wife wants it to be a unique name. She doesn't want a 
I mean, there's only a million of us here. I know. You know? Right. Yeah. But we'll we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll go through the books together and we'll find something. Yes. Okay. Uh, Outstanding. Uh, Bobby, we talked a lot about the Grizzlies, your time playing for them, uh, and and the the sort of shift in mentality from the regular season to the postseason, some of the players on this team, this iteration of the Montana men's basketball team. I want to talk about some of the other teams in the tournament, though, and their programs and their coaches. Uh, Shante Leggins has done an outstanding job since he's taken over in the last several seasons at Eastern Washington. And Jeff Lindor, I mean, he just keeps getting – dominant player after dominant player to lead his team that has then a great supporting cast around him. And this year, Jonah Radabaugh is that guy who's always been one of the premier defenders in the league, but has, has taken that next step offensively. Perhaps when Jordan Davis vacates, that opens up the, mm-hmm. the, the, the space for that. But those are the other two. Those are the one and two seed respectively, Eastern Washington, Northern Colorado uh, at the end of the regular season. And Look, everybody thinks Portland State's pretty good. Montana State, of course, has been as as able to get up off the mat as any team this year and get into that fifth seed. And there's some other very talented teams. Who knows what Southern Utah brings? You know, when they got tremendous talent on their team, as they demonstrated Saturday, even Weber State with an outstanding player in Jarek Harding, who, who knows what's going to happen. But it's the, the three best teams are clearly the top tier yeah. in this year's Big Sky Conference. When you would go against a couple of guys in, in teams like Northern Colorado or Eastern Washington. What was the thing that stood out to you? Let's start with Eastern. Were you like, I know we're going to go against Shante Leggins. I know he's going to be doing the dancing over there on the sideline. The suit coat is going to be gone in the first 90 seconds of the basketball game. The tie might be gone at halftime. Who knows how this is going <laughs> to But what what was it about him and his teams, the way he got them to go, that that you know was, was tough? Because you played two consecutive championship games against yeah. that group. Yeah, I think the the difficult thing about Shante is, and I we talked about this last time I was on, is the way that he instills confidence in his players. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the specifics of what goes on in the locker room and, and behind the scenes, but from my perspective, you know, uh, as a player going against him and seeing him, you know, after games, before games, whatever, he's so animated and he so, gets so excited for his players. Uh, it could become to a fault, you know, where his guys are out of control, but we haven't seen that too much um, per se, but... The way that he instills confidence, the, yeah. you know, the level of energy that he brings uh, gets his players so excited before a game, right? Before the championship last year, uh, I think they, had, you know, they had a below 500 record, if I'm not mistaken, going to the championship, whatever. And you know, this dude's just like screaming in the hallway. We're in our locker room, we can hear him, uh, and he's just over there dancing out in the hallway, like, you know, like he's. I don't know, like he's about to go to the club or something like, right. you know, like <laughs> not like you're going in for a championship, but right. like you know, and it, their players are just screaming, everybody's yelling, and so. Um, you know, when guys hit shots, you know, he's like giving the biggest high fives ever, yeah. like, things like that. So I think that's a style that he has that's worked really well for them um, and makes it difficult, right? Because offensively, they're going to hit tough shots. They're going to, uh, you know, do some really cool things offensively. And so that's kind of the, what Eastern's MO has been, really good offensive team, uh, just tough. You know, you have to be tough physically on defense and, and play really hard in order to beat them. We've talked a lot on this show about how it, it seems like Shante's, um, I mean, antics to me undersells it. I, I, I think it's, I, I, I really like Shante Leggins. I know there's a lot of people who don't in terms of his coaching style <laughs> yeah. and the way that he comes across. That's okay. I think the way that he does it is great. And I, I think that he does exactly what you said. He empowers his players and takes the load off of them during the games. If you go, though, to Northern Colorado, Jeff Lindor is as animated as it gets, mm-hmm. and 
and apparently, like to, again, just as you're looking at it in a negative sense, like it's all it's always sort of the just yeah. 40 minutes of yelling that is happening. Often it's at the refs. Sometimes it's at his own players. Whatever it might be, and you go, really, is this like my, my thinking? Is this what, what, what we're going to do here? And then you watch his team be, first of all, good night in and night out. You watch them play for him where if that was just what it was, you feel like he probably loses a yeah, team over the course sure. of the season. So clearly that's not happening. And then we've interviewed him several times. You go, oh, oh, well, you're like a dude. You're like just a normal, nice person. <laughs> that's kind of okay. So, But Northern Colorado has been very good again this run. You talked about two yeah, years ago. They they had it pretty much in the bag, yeah. and then they didn't anymore. But what 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 to you marks uh, a Jeff Linder coach team? Yeah, I think he's incredibly similar to Travis DeCure from my perspective uh, in the way that he's fiery um, and and is animated and can, will get on you. And so I think in the same way, you have to have the right players um, that can handle that and are able to use that um, towards their play. And I don't know him as well as Liggins. You know, he's been around yeah. for a while, uh, you know, as an assistant and different things like that. And so um, just from my perspective, it seems a lot like Travis, right? They're yeah, he gets his players to play for them. And, and on opposite of offensive team, I feel like they're a defensive team, right? They're physical. Mm. And so that was always my mindset going in. It's like this team plays hard and they will touch you on defense, right? You have to be really tough on the offensive end as opposed to being tough defensively. Mm. Um, and so for them, you could see it the other night, right? They, they're they denying Kendall the ball the entire game um, and keeping him from getting shots off, right? Because yeah. they're physical, they're touching. Um, and when you get a, you know the refs, the right refs, I think... It's fun to watch, right? They were so physical, and coaches weren't call- the refs weren't calling. Yeah, you let them play. And, yeah, and part of that is is getting good enough to where you can get away with stuff mm-hmm. consistently. And I think they've done that, um, which is why they're towards the top. Um, <clears throat> but there has to be a level of instilling confidence that he does, right? Because he has consistently had guys that are the best scorers in the league, mm-hmm. or some of the best in the league, right? Andre Spite, which I would say is probably the most difficult guy to guard in my four years at Montana. Uh, just ridiculous ball handler, ridiculous shooter. And then Jordan Davis last year, and now Jonah Radabaugh, who just looks, I mean, he looks like a completely different basketball player, like not even close to the same guy we played against, which I don't know how that happens. Um, if he had it all along and just wasn't showing it. and Well, he didn't, according to Jeff Lindor. Jeff said, he, first of all, he was a walk-on. He was, <laughs> no. you know, at Northern Colorado. And, and Coach Lindor said, look, the first practice, he couldn't go five minutes without taking a break. Like he was just, it was, and he goes, so, you know, no, if you thought that we just like were holding this guy back, we were not. And he's come along, you know, come all that way along. I will say the, the game within the game in the tournament, Andre Spite versus Michael Ogine for about a 10 minute stretch was just as good as yeah. it could possibly have gotten in there. I mean, it was it was fall out of your chair amazing. And then... Bite hit some of the wildest oh, shots I've seen. Just I dumb. Mean, just, just, just dumb. If, 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 you, if, you, if you've forgotten, go back and just take a look. I mean, it was it was impressive. I want to ask you, you talked about the, the toughness. Against Easter, you got to be tough defensively. Against maybe NAU or Northern Colorado, you got to be tough offensively. For you... You're talking, what are you, six, five, six, seven, six, six? Six, six, seven. I'm probably six, six and a half. Okay. Six, seven. Well, I don't know why I shorted you two inches yeah, to start on, the thing. Come on. Six, eleven, Bobby Moorhead. And a perimeter player, by and large, a guard, not the not the thickest guy in the room when you're talking about Division One basketball. What is, how do you play tough? How do you play physical basketball regardless of what your makeup is from Timmy Falls to Jamarico. It's, I mean, it's really is all mindset. And I 
to, you know, three years ago, I'd hate myself for saying that. Cause I used, the coaches used to make me mad when they'd say stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you know, I just get so frustrated. I'm like, they have no idea. But then like, <laughs> you go out there yeah, then, huh? I know. Cobb, you want to get out here and right? mix it up? Exactly. <laughs> but my, my perspective has changed and, it, and it's, it's all mindset and then effort. And, yeah. um, so I think defensively being tough is effort, right? Like defense is really difficult. And I think a lot of guys, you know, some guy will hit a really tough shot. Um, and then guys will stop playing defense cause they, you know, or whatever, or, you know, on a contest guys won't give their best effort and contest and a guy will make the shot. But if you just give like literally just your, just a tiny bit more effort, like that's the difference between making a shot or missing a shot. Um, and so the same thing, you know, if guys going for a layup and if you just, you know, barely contest and, and if you go up hard, you block the shot. And then, you know, so for guys like me, um, I'm not very quick. I wasn't very athletic, but I could play pretty good defense, I think, because I gave good effort. And so um, I think a lot of that has to do with just effort, which is kind of hard to muster up sometimes. And, and you, I understand why guys don't want to do it because um, it is difficult. And, um, and so that's kind of Northern Colorado. It seems like all around, they guys give effort and they play hard. Um, and, and I think they have to do that out of respect for their coach. So they're playing for them in some capacity. Four-year star, nobody started more games ever in the history of Montana men's basketball than Bobby Moorhead in studio with us. What is the best part of this tournament, of the Big Sky tournament? It's a tough question. I think I think it's just exhilarating. You know, like I'm not necessarily for the whole setup of the tournament. We already talked about that. Yeah. But it's exhilarating the fact that it's winter go home, right? There's nothing, right. There's nothing else. Like mm-hmm. you... Nobody wants to go home and sit on their couch, right? We, I want to keep the season going. Like as much as practice is hard, and and sometimes the season can drag on. Like come that time, it's like this is what it's all about. Like this is what we've been practicing for since the end of September, which is like the longest season ever. And this is what it's all about. You're here for this tournament in March, and um, and so like it's it's pretty easy to get up and play for that. Like with more energy than you had, even though your body's aching. Um, but come the game time, it's like, okay, you know, this is what it's all about. So it's just, uh, it's, you just get a new level of energy. And I think if you don't, then you probably shouldn't be playing in that tournament. Like I think guys on our team, everybody had different mindsets. It just, it just happens, you know, like for guys who are competitive and, and really care. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, you, you get a new drive and it's like, this is what it's all about. The uh, three games in three days, you did it twice. You're behind at halftime, I think double digits. I know for sure once, if not both games at halftime against yeah. Eastern. Where do you, I understand what you're saying about you, the second wind and the legs that sort of come back, especially going into the tournament. But then at some point, how does that work in the last 20 minutes of a championship game when, at the end of a long season on your third game in, 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 in as many days? Yeah, uh, I think the first year it was very weird in the championship being down so much. I think we were down 12 or 13. I don't remember the exact number, but it was so weird in the locker room because normally, you know, even if we're up five, like we're like, sometimes we'd be even negative in the locker room. Like, guys, what are we doing? Like we should be blowing these guys out. But like, for some reason, everybody was in there. Like we're fine. Like, and which was very uncharacteristic of our team. And so I don't, I still don't know why that was. Right. And then, you know, within five minutes, we had the lead it, or something like that. I mean, I think he scored nine points, nine-nothing run, 90 seconds or yeah. something like that, and it was a two-point game, and it was like, oh, okay, well. It was wild, but, like, we go. for some reason in the locker room, there's nobody, like, saying, oh, man, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like, everybody's just like, like, we know what we have to do, and nobody even said that. Like, right. it was so weird. And so I think that played into last year a little bit. Last year, I think people were a little more negative uh, at halftime, right? And I think 
I think Eastern Washington was pretty good last year. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember. One year they had a losing record. That was last year they had a losing record, but I don't know. I just felt like it was, I think a lot of us were down a little bit at mm. halftime. Mm. Um, last year was just, it just felt like a longer season overall. It's kind of hard for me to describe, but, you know, I've talked to Jamar and Mike and, and guys like that, and last year was just a, a more difficult season in a lot of ways. I think there's higher expectations because we'd been good and then, you know, Jamar gets hurt, things like that happen. The season dragged on and so it felt like a lot more effort and work to get to that point. Yeah. Um, and somehow we did it again. And managed, and to, managed so to do it. I don't know if that was a good answer at all. I, it's hard for me to, you just, you find it somehow. Yeah. You find the energy. Um, it, it's will, like we talked about earlier, right? Like you... For guys who really care, like that's what you want. You want to win that championship because it's that feeling of going to the NCAA tournament was like unbelievable. You know, everybody's texting you from, you know, 15 years ago that you haven't seen in a long time. Like, man, we're so proud of you. And people you thought you'd never see again or hear from are texting you because it's such a big deal. Yeah. Um, especially when it's so difficult being in a small school to do it. Now, let me just ask you 15 years ago, that puts you about five, six. You got a lot of friends that <laughs> you hadn't little, spoken little, to since you were five years old, probably a little bit of exaggeration. I see, I see but, what we're doing. Uh, man, thanks so much for coming by. This is awesome. Always to, to have you in. And also, especially now to get somebody who actually knows what it is to, you know, have been in these positions in these spots. It's great. For me, this is the greatest week of the year. I mean, to go in, I don't. It, it doesn't matter if it's the six eleven matchup of you know two two teams that it probably have no shot of winning the thing. What is on the line in every individual game, and they just line them up back to back to back yeah. to back, and the 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 heart and soul that is just poured out all the time. It's unbelievable. So you've delivered along with the team many memorable moments to everybody and uh, we appreciate that. Thanks for being here. And if you need parenting advice, I know some people don't come to me. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get you, but congratulations on that as Thanks, well. Thanks guys. Right? It's fun being here again. Bobby Moorhead, boys and girls. Quick break. Coulter will be back with us. We'll go through some all-league type of stuff. Maybe Tremaine Johnson. Maybe my trip to Boston. Wow, what a whirlwind weekend this was right after this. Coulter, I don't know about you, but anymore, I just imagine the internet like taking a walk in the park. What do I mean by that? Well, basically, anybody can watch me all the time because I'm in the most public of places, no matter what it is that I'm doing. Even if I'm sitting at uh, a, a restaurant talking and my phone sitting there, I assume the president's listening to me because this is the level of paranoia I've got. If I ever had a business that had to function online, I don't know what I would do. Actually, yes, I do. I would be completely secure with Blackfoot Communications because I know at least they know how to keep this thing locked, secured, and private for me as a business owner. Your level of paranoia is certainly concerning, but also in some ways justified because this day and age, you do have to keep yourself safe. We have electronic tracking devices in our pockets. We're on the computer all the time, and you never know when the bad guys might come to get your information and all sorts of other things as well. Blackfoot certainly has you covered when it comes to keeping you secure. At Blackfoot Communications, they do deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup, all of it for businesses across the great state of Montana. They ensure your company's network is online, all the time. Safe, secure, and running as it needs to be. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. Welcome back, boys and girls. 
Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana. Great to be with you. Bobby Moorhead has just exited the studio. Our thanks to him and uh, congratulations to uh, he and his wife Greer in particular for uh, the new boy. That is uh, awesome. And we go uh, to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in Coulter Nuanas back down in Boise. We've gotten him linked back in. He went to the press conference. He's with us. How you doing, Coulter? Very well. Uh, congratulations to Bobby Moorhead. Heard that news. That's very exciting. Yeah. Uh, also, I heard, I saw the picture that you guys posted on Twitter. I can't believe he shaved his beard. Very disappointed in him. He did. He kept a little bit of a mustache going there, so he's got. It's not all the way gone, but yes, he has. <laughs> uh, he's younged himself up a little bit with that. So now he looks exactly like his brother. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, his I, brother's I, mustache I is his, one of the all-timers. <laughs> and I saw I saw his brother, I think for the first time in Reno, and I just walked right up to him and said, you must be Bobby Moorhead's brother because you look exactly like Bobby Moorhead. Well, there, I mean, there's not a lot of like six, seven brothers running around, so you could start there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious when the Moorheads get together, you know? Well, well that's like when Travis DeCure first saw your brother. He's like, wait. Oh, oh, your brother. <laughs> That's right. And uh, if I recall correctly, Charles Secure said that he was better looking than me, which I find an egregious false assessment. <laughs> oh, uh, Coulter, right? let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the all-conference because the, the, the women's all-conference uh, uh, team was just announced uh, for Big Sky, uh, uh, for the Big Sky regular season. And no surprise, but Fallon Friggy, what do you call this? Stem to Stern was the preseason uh, favorite, even though she was moving to a brand new team for the you know to to enter the league, and she has been the best player on what has been by far the best team in Montana State, and obvious enough there. So four players in total earning honors and recognition from the league, and also Trisha Binford, the coach of the year in the Big Sky. Look, to the winner go the spoils. You have the run that they had over the course of this year. You can expect a lot of postseason awards. I mean, they're honestly so dominant this year, and their talent is so much superior to the rest of the league, both because they're talented and the league is a little bit down, that honestly they have almost all of the best players. We were talking about this in the hotel room last night. Look at the other first-team all-league selections. Great players. Rebecca Cardenas from Southern Utah, Tarika Rashid from Northern Arizona, Gina Markson from Idaho, and Debbie Johnson from Montana. Montana State's so talented. But I'm not even sure. I, I think Rasheed maybe could fit herself in the starting lineup at Montana State, but they like to play a different style than what she likes to play. I think that Gina Marks is a great player, but Kevin Johnson's a great player. I don't even know if either of them would even start for Montana State. That's how superior the talent is. And even with four young ladies landing on the all-conference teams and Montana State almost sweeping the awards, I still thought they didn't get the recognition that they maybe deserved. I thought that Darren White should have been higher than honorable mention all league. I'm not really sure how Beyonce B got higher than Darian White on the all-league list, even though they're both freshmen, and White was the freshman of the year in the league. So I thought White should have been higher. I also thought that Blair um, Braxton and Madeline Smith, you know, it's hard because I think that they both had a, a – resume to be on the all-league team, but they are a straight-up platoon. They each play 20 minutes a game at center, and that's what makes Montana State so hard to, to uh, keep up with, because their depth is so great that they have two really talented centers that they just split down the middle, so they're always, always, always fresh. But just because of those young ladies' body of work, too, I thought maybe uh, they would get some recognition, too. But it was a, a great run by Montana State, has been a great run by Montana State. And now all the pressure in the world is upon them because, quite honestly, they are absolutely the best team 
in the league. They're the absolute favorite in this tournament, but it, they have to win it now. If they didn't win it, it would not only be disappointing for them, but it would be disappointing for the whole league, I think, because they've been so far out in front. I mean, I can't remember a league race in the men or women where a team has won by four full games. I mean, they clinched this thing with weeks to go in the season. So uh, they have been absolutely dominant, but now you have to put together. you got to go out and win three games this week if you want to go dancing. Yeah, no doubt. And they've won 15 in a row. They continue to extend their own uh, uh, school mark in terms of consecutive wins. And uh, and they, you know, but, but like you said, I mean, they've, they have been dominant. The interesting thing is the one game they lost, they lost in overtime. But they also had a couple of overtime wins. But it's been in the second half of the season, really, they have not been touched. I mean, since the, since the game in Missoula that went to overtime against the Lady Grizz, they have just blown teams out or at least won very, very handily. But you're right. There is this interesting aspect where when you're supposed to do it, maybe it becomes at times harder to actually do it. And that's what they have to guard against. We talk about coaches and the identity they want to cultivate in their program, as well as the systems that they run. And you know, we know all about John Newley and his great screen actions that he runs at Idaho. He always recruits great shooters. And he always does a whole bunch of creative stuff to get them open. We know about the, the physical nature that Idaho State plays with, how well they're rebounding, and, and just the, the big, strong girls that Pete Sobolewski likes to recruit. And during the lady, I think the one thing that's been missing for Montana since Robin Silver retired is that lack of identity. You always knew what Montana was going to be for almost 40 years. They haven't had as consistent of an identity under Shannon Swade, but it's still a program where you kind of know what you're getting in terms of personnel and style. The one thing that's been so interesting and such a credit to Trisha Binford is she's such an amazing offensive mind that they have run multiple offensive systems during her career. They've run some five-man you know, motion-style offense. They've run a lot of a high-low. They've run dribble drives. And now this year they're running four out, one in, and that's why Darian White has been able to thrive so much because she's the perfect guard for that. But Coach Binford has had some tremendous teams in the past. A lot of times those teams were built around great centers like Jasmine Hamas and Peyton Ferris. But this year's team, it's to me, I think the, the best reflection of Coach Binford and the way she was as a player. This team looks like Trisha Binford more than any other team she's had. She pl- They play... I think the style that she is the most comfortable playing. And he talked about where they turned the corner. This team, they decided to win with defense for most of the first two-thirds of the year. But then as soon as they fully bought in to the concept of sharing the ball constantly on offense, and as soon as Oleana Spires was able to adjust to playing off the ball fully while Darian White plays on the ball, now they've just completely ripped the league apart. I mean, they've had six double-figure scores, I think, five times over the last nine games. They had seven double-figure scores twice. They scored 100 points three different times down the stretch. So they are playing at an absolutely uh, top-notch level, both sides of the basketball. And I think Coach Grimford has a lot to be proud of. I wrote a story on her, scoutingsportsmc.com. You can check it out now. But it's definitely kind of a full circle for her basketball life. People that have followed the big sky for a long time will remember that she was a three-time first-team All-League point guard at Boise State. Once upon a time, she was the point guard on the Boise State team that got an at-large bid to the tournament. That's the last time a Big Sky team got an at-large bid. They lost to the Lady Grizz in the championship game that year of the tournament, and then they both went to the NCAA tournament. So that's the level that she had Boise State playing at when she was a player. And now here she is in Boise with a chance to lead her team back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, A cool full circle development for Trisha Benson. 
Uh, last thing here, just quickly, Coulter, but also obviously worth noting, uh, Mackenzie Johnston of the Lady Grizz, the point guard for the Lady Grizz, also a first-team all-conference selection. So congratulations to her. She has had uh, a great career, an outstanding senior season, and uh, just never comes off the floor. I mean, another 40 minutes uh, plus in an overtime loss in Southern Utah in the last game of the season there. So uh, we'll see if she how, how fresh she can be for the conference tournament uh, that, for the Lady Grizz, which will start tomorrow. Well, she's the consummate Lady Grizz. She's a, the type of girl where she would have been great for the Lady Grizz no matter who the coach has been, but she's had to navigate a completely different role than she would have had if she would have played for Robin Selvig. And she's taken it in stride. I mean, I, I, I think she wanted to be a Lady Grizz her whole life. And to go through the losing that they've had to go through her first couple of years, but now to come back out on the other side and now have a chance to make a, some noise in the tournament, good for her. I will say this. I was surprised that another Lady Grizz didn't get on the all-conference list. She was the only one on it. I thought maybe Emma Stockholm might get third team. She shot the ball pretty well. She's averaged double-figure scoring. Um, so I thought that was maybe a little bit of a snub just because they are one of the teams that got to buy. So I thought maybe they'd get two players. But nonetheless, uh, congratulations to Mackenzie Johnson. Definitely a feather in her cap uh, for having navigated what has been a trying career, but now with a chance to go out on top. Well, and the thing, too, to me is Darian Wright is the freshman of the year, the big sky, no question. I mean, it's it's not even close. But also, one of the reasons it's not close is because Jamie Pickens is only playing like 15 minutes a game, which I still can't figure out for the life of me why. I mean, she is as good as it gets, and I think she is a player that if she played even 25 minutes a game would have been very much in the conversation for that award. But she she's not gotten that many minutes, and I understand that, the, you know, uh, Emma Stockholm, among others, kind of plays the same position. Poston is ahead of her, but uh, you know that that is when it comes to matching up. I mean, I think she's as big a matchup nightmare as there is in the in the Big Sky Conference right now. Well, no question. I think that that's something to give fans of the Big Sky optimism too, because we just watched Alicia Davis from Northern Colorado go nuts in the first game here uh, in Boise. She was absolutely dominant. She's a freshman. We have Darian White as well as Cole Badner, Madison Jackson, Montana State. They're a very talented trio. You have Beyonce B at Idaho, who is an all-league player as a freshman as well. Yeah. And you got Jamie Pickens. So I think that there's a lot of girls that have elite talent that are coming up through this league right now. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, hour number one in the books. Colton Nuanas is in Boise, Idaho. I am here with you in Montana for today and tomorrow before I go join him uh, down in uh, the uh, capital of uh, of the, uh, isn't it the Great Potato State? That's what they call it. Yeah, famous potatoes. Okay. Uh, so uh, we'll be back with you, though. Hour number two coming up right after this. We'll get into the Grizz and the Cats men's teams losing on senior night and what that means for them heading into the tournament right after this. The Silver Slipper is your NCAA basketball tournament headquarters with over 70 televisions to watch all of the games on. They got drink specials every single day. Tarantino's Pizzeria. You want to head to the Silver Slipper. And guess what? For the tournament, okay, coming up next week, Every day, they're open in the morning. They're going to get open for you so they, you can be there for the opening tip-off, 9 o'clock Mountain Time. When games get started on Thursday and Friday, the Silver Slipper will be ready for you. They also have the friendliest staff in town at the Silver Slipper. It's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. So whether you're looking for an affordable family meal or a late-night game of poker, the Silver Slipper has what you're looking for. Visit thesilverslipperlounge.com for more info and stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, 
The Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 